Welcome to the MindVine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the MindVine podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Welcome to the MindVine podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bovey, and, and usually I'm joined by Daryl Mathers, and we're, we're really pleased to uh, have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. Ray McGuire with the British Columbia Aboriginal Network on Disability Society, who was one of the award recipients tonight at the Mental Health Champions. First of all, congratulations on the award. Well, thank you very much. It, it is, for us, a, a great uh, award, and we're very pleased to have Much deserved. It. I wonder if you could just share with the audience a little bit about what the society uh, does and so your mandate and, and talk a little bit about the Okay, well, work. as it showed in the video, Chris, uh, it started in 1991, and it was really an agency to assist Aboriginal people with disabilities uh, find employment and access employment. Right. Uh, but that really quickly moved away from that to realizing we needed to do more, and particularly within the area of, of mental health. Mm. There are so many other factors outside of just having a disability that First Nations people are struggling with racism and right. colonialism, residential school. Yep. Uh, and then on top of that, there's a disability. And it, it didn't take long to realize that any person who walked through our door, regardless of their ability or disability, had mm. some mental health history. Right. And, and we really wanted to be able to uh, be a, an agency that found a way to open up that discussion. Mm and right. see how we could involve communities and individuals in, in being more receptive to what can be done right. in that. That's excellent. And I know, you know, I think we're all aware of the challenges and mm-hmm. mental illness. And, and so we have a problems, I think, sometimes in a country where we want to take a model and just apply it across mm-hmm. without understanding the complexities and the nuances in the mm-hmm. Aboriginal community. How did you sort of embrace that? Um, understanding and, and that sort of co-design model, uh, making sure you had a model that resonated with your community and not just taking something that was from Ontario or, or that to build those supports that, that were kind of a homegrown solution. The best answer I can give to that, Chris, is about changing the narrative. Mm. Um, The the discussion around mental health, the discussion around a lot of issues within Aboriginal communities, uh, without diminishing the knowledge and understanding and skills in a Western European or medical model, um, just don't resonate. Mm -hmm. It's not a language people can understand. And so what is that language? How is it that we can start to develop a confidence in the knowledge we have and that is what I see as a big challenge right. is, is many First Nations people have lost the confidence in their own knowledge mm. and then there's people like you or others that come in to share knowledge and, it's, and I'm always arguing mm. how can I trust in what you're sharing with me right. if I can't trust in who I am and what I know. Mm-hmm. So what is that language? What is it that I can speak to? The common theme that I particularly champion is let's stop talking about mental health or suicide prevention. Let's talk and bring in, as one elder said to me, in our community, we have this spirit of suicide coming through our community. Mm -hmm. The only way we're going to be able to address that is through the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so being able to start talking about that and identifying and saying, let's look at our rituals. Let's look at our ceremonies. What did 
what are all those about? Mm-hmm. What they are about is helping people keep their spirit with them, keeping strong. Right. It's about knowing that somebody's struggling. I struggled at one time, and a chief from the Esquimalt Nation called me to his community, unbeknown to me, and, and had a ceremony in the community in in the big house. Right. And he said, "We need to help you keep your spirit with you mm-hmm. because we can see that you're struggling, and we want to call that back." Right. When you start talking about that peoples, particularly elders, who are afraid now of this uh, mental health. What does that mean? Schizophrenia or bipolar or whatever. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. It's it's so rewarding when when an elder can look at you and say, we know about this stuff, don't we? We we don't have the same words you do, but we do know that it was extremely important that we kept our spirit strong because Mm. without that, we cascade from there into sickness and disease right and so let's start changing that narrative where people realize i can i can i know this i, I can reach out to my brother and sister at least enough right. to uh to connect their spirit and get them to help where sure. they can start speaking for themselves yeah. how are we doing uh, as a country and maybe in your area as well as with culturally sensitive resources for youth so are, are we do we have other materials out there that speak and that, that narrative, not our narrative, mm-hmm. for, for adolescents. Or is that still missing in the Canada? I, I believe it is. I, I believe in, in um, developing optimal care from a medical model. Mm-hmm. Is there's still a really reluctance, you know, for a doctor, a psychiatrist, to say, well, yeah, okay, I kind of believe in you going and doing the ceremony, but if this person mm-hmm. deteriorates... I'm the one being held responsible. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's a lack of trust there. Mm-hmm. There's I think a willingness, but and I and I understand that. I, I don't judge that. Right. Um, but there is a real reluctance to say, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to refer to your medicine person in, in the community right. to first look at this and do the work. Or maybe you know what? Let's work together. Yeah. Let's work together and um, and and work cooperatively mm-hmm. and share our, our competency. I'd like to share a quick story that I think yeah, is really course, important course, here. Yeah. Uh, Willie Ehrman uh, from Saskatchewan, an academic, Cree academic, I just uh, admire the man because he, he shared a story with me. He said, as a Cree boy living on reserve, he uh, would escort uh, his mom, uh, was extremely competent. She knew her language. She knew the hunting, the rituals, the ceremonies, the songs, the dances. Extremely competent. And he said, you know, what happens is, but when he would go into town with her to do business, he saw his mom cross a line somewhere where she went from competence to incompetent. Mm. You know, working in a different culture, working in a different way. And his argument was, you know, that's happening in First Nations communities. We're meeting Chris. Yeah. And he's so competent, and he's got these skills, and he's somebody we really need in our community. Mm. And then he comes into our community, and, and that's not the Chris that we met out there. You right. know, what's, what's happened? Right. And so the only way to do this is what he calls is creating a sacred space mm. where Chris and our community can step into this. We share our competencies. We don't need to compromise. And, and then we can step out and still be right. who we are. And mm. it's a real genuine respect that 
that mm. I have knowledge, right. you have knowledge. You respect mine, I'll respect yours. That's the kind of relationship that's missing. It's, a, yeah. it's still a very much, I'm the psychiatrist, I'm the doctor, um, you know, and uh, if you don't want to do it my way, then I, I really don't want to be part of it right. rather than looking at another way. Well, and that's mm. something even at our hospital, when we talk about recovery that, you know, We've gone away from that model where clinically we tell people this is what you need to do to to say you define what recovery means Mm -hmm. to you and and you should be the the leader of your care pathway. Um, So do you think one of the solutions perhaps is just that we need to, before we kind of come in and decide things, is we just need to spend some time talking to each other? Chris... You hit that right on the head. And that's a, a struggle, I think, with the system, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Uh, I know Bell has their um, Let's Talk. Let's Talk, yeah. Okay. But who's there to listen? Mm. And and an Indigenous way of, of talking about yourself and what's happening is storytelling. Right. And, and who has that time to sit there and listen to that story and through that story help that person mm. find a way so that that is a real real challenge uh, I, I sat with an elder from a new, um, Australia in a meeting and it, it, it was interesting he was just talking about people engaging uh, ab- indigenous people Aboriginal people and he said you know the problem is if you if you can't understand our silence you're never going to understand when we speak right and Apple. and that's just again an example of um, how can we create a a starting point mm-hmm. to get people? And I, I don't want to minimize psychiatry or or, or the necess- necessity of of drugs to help a person uh, mm-hmm. balance themselves out. But I think there's a real healthy way of saying, you know what? Uh, I'll talk about a West Coast belief. We've got a lot of work to do here. Mm-hmm. But we're doing the work, but we haven't prepared the ground to do the work. And that's right. why it's going sideways. Oh, and right. in, in a ceremony, that would be blessing the ground or laying eagle feathers. But it's saying, or laying blankets out, it's saying, this is the ground that we're going to do this work on. Right. And, and I think what, there's an Indigenous way of saying to us and, and other non-Indigenous is, have we prepared the ground? Have we mm. got in and created relationships? Have we got in and, and sort of engage people and have a language that people can use and, mm-hmm. and, and do? Um, because if, if people in communities do not have confidence in themselves, right. if they uh, don't have a language that's meaningful to them, they're always going to have to look outside and it's not fitting. Right. And, and, and we're all getting frustrated and discouraged with each other. And I just shake my head and said, it doesn't need to be this way. You know, right. let's, let's do that. And that's even with suicide. You'll hear many First Nations communities say, we don't have a language for suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and I, will, I will challenge most communities. No, they didn't have a word for it, mm-hmm. but they understood that if the spirit didn't stay right. with you, yes. suicide would be the end result the right. further your spirit uh, ventured from you. So they had uh, beautiful ceremonies for for right. helping people. And they also understood in the physical illness that yeah. it was, an, it was a, um, uh, an emotional, spiritual mm. event that was taking place. Mm. Again, yeah, if you've got a broken leg, yes, you need to mend it. But yeah. there's, there's that piece that we're missing. Right. Well, I hope that... I hope work like you, that you're doing will, will sort of be replicated across Canada. And I hope 
we start to do that. I hope we start mm-hmm. to move forward and, and just listen and understand mm-hmm. and not go in with preconceived solutions and mm-hmm. build trust. You know, you're right. There's a lot of trust that we need to re- rebuild back up. And mm-hmm. the only way we're going to do that is by understanding, listening, and empowering the people that need our you know, support, whether it's in the Aboriginal community mm-hmm. or people in any community, is to build that kind of... that. We need your voice. If we're going to come up with something that's going to work and that you're going to embrace, then we can't do it without you. And, and nobody knows that community better than the people that live there. And that's where the solution is going to lie, right? Well, in, in that knowledge, I, again, another story to highlight this. I was um, doing some very extensive training uh, around trauma intervention and, and with probably 19 communities on the island, probably a little bit more. And... The one person I brought in to help us facilitate this said, okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. You know, uh, a carload of young people are driving along, they get into this accident, and I knew as soon as he started that, I thought, oh no, one of our members has just experienced that. Mm -hmm. And the person, and of course, prior to that, everyone's sitting there listening, okay, we know nothing about trauma intervention or anything. And... And she broke down, mm-hmm. and and it was and so we we stopped the processor, the elders, and the people in the community said we need to stop now, right this moment. And some went to get water, some went to get mm-hmm. cedar boughs, others went to get a blanket, and they stood her up. They took 20 minutes and they stood her up. They blanketed her, they brushed her, they did what they needed to do. They did the work, and then they sat down. And uh, apologetic to the facilitator, we're sorry we interrupt you, we need to do this, and trying yep. to explain themselves. And I just used that opportunity to say, what did you just do here? And they said, well, Ray, you know what we just did here. Yep. What are you saying? I said, what did you just do? And, of course, they got frustrated and said, well, <laughs> you know, tried to explain. I said, no, what you just did was a critical intervention. Yes. And an elder turned and said, we know about this stuff, don't we? I said, yeah. Yep. You know about it. We're using different words, right. but you knew that the, the, some work needed to be done, yes. and it needed to be done quickly. Yes, that's And amazing. so that's what I think is so exciting about people who, like us, who have a different level of knowledge and education experience, is to take that and say, how can I take this and show them that I'm just saying the same things in a different way? Yeah, exactly. And what words would you use to do this? Because it's, it's optimal care. They couldn't mm-hmm. have done anything better than right. a team of critical incident responders coming yeah. in and doing. Uh, but you wouldn't have known that unless you... Someone from the outside wouldn't have known that unless they saw that or heard that story. Yeah, and even the facilitator kind of click like oh wow yeah that, that's it clicks, right? perfect it clicks. yeah you did it differently than i would you do. taught them right yeah. they, they clicked yeah. for them and that's amazing and that's what really important we have to get people to trust in their own knowledge and yeah. find uh, a language that that invites them to say you can you can do this right. and and for people like ourselves to break down that mystique of mental health mental illness right. i think of a dr miller i can't remember when he did the study in 1993 went into Harlem and said, can I speak to people who went through your agencies that are doing well? I want to interview them and find out what made the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the responses he found out was that, you know, about 40% of change came out of a life event. Nobody right. had any control over it. Yeah. It just happened. Uh, you know, I won the lottery and my life changed. Yeah. Maybe for worse. <laughs> who knows? Right. But uh, the other one was about 25% of people um, said the response was, it was the relationship. 
Chris mm. was sitting across from me, and I and I know that he cared. I felt that he generally right. cared about what was happening for me. Fifteen percent said it, it was it was hope. There was mm. something in that that brought me hope, wow. which I say. Uh, anybody walking down the streets of Ottawa can can do. You don't have to be a professional yep. to create a relationship, to create hope. Only 15% was attributed to the fact they were a doctor or a psychologist or, or, yeah, or whatever. Just a person. Wow. And, and yet we're all chasing that piece or we put all our, that's powerful. Yeah. our, our faith in that. And that's the least amount. It's so I, I, th I think of that and I share those stories with people in community and say, listen, is anybody in this community unable to create a relationship or yeah. create hope? You have the if power. If we can do that. We all have the power. <coughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, and you need Chris and you need myself only as a consultative. Yeah. Okay? That's, it's got to come from within the community. Uh, we, mm. We've got to. Yes. Um, the only true caring. The right. only true caring can come from a community. It can't come through agencies no. and services. So, right. so, so that's the, the work we're doing at That's because, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Not. And uh, we're doing it as a. Um, it's just part of, of, of being, just part of knowing. Yeah. So when we're providing other services for getting people with uh, persons with disability applications or applying for disability tax credits or that, mm. we're always using that opportunity to engage people at a level and just hoping that uh, as they go away, there's, there's seeds planted, That's you know, that, that they will come back and maybe t talk more within their community or invite us into community to um, reaffirm right. there, there is a traditional knowledge, there's a traditional way of being, mm -hmm. and it worked for uh, thousands of years. No, it's not considered best practice, and we're not sort of <laughs> <laughs> clinically tested, yeah. but it, it worked, and, and it worked even so that uh, uh, despite the colonization, residential schools, other mm -hmm. things that have happened, right. Indigenous people are surviving yes. and thriving. Yeah. So those teachings are, you know, if they weren't there, if they weren't strong, yeah, uh, you, they wouldn't they, be we that's wouldn't amazing. be here talking about Indigenous people. Well, that's, so. that's, thank you very much, Ray. It was a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for all the work that you do. And, okay. and I, I, I hope, like I said, I hope people pay attention to the work you're doing across mm -hmm. Canada, and I hope that we start to move the needle in this area and, and start to use some of your learnings and, and replicate them as well. Yeah. On that note, we are moving ahead. Good, okay, good. just we want to, it's sometimes too slow, but but slow no, I, I, I believe yeah. all the work that's being done here, work that you're doing with the hospital, it is, all the steps are going to move. Yes. Us. So let's, well, well, thank you as well as you guys are Okay, thank you. Together begins and ends.